any. <laughs> Which we will. Which we yeah. will, right? Yeah. Um, I've been going back and forth in my head between, like, do I want to do it on a... I'm thinking maybe I want to do it on acoustic guitar so it's a little more chill. Um, I could do, like, an eight-string, like, super heavy metal gent, like, doom-type guitar riff. But Whatever... Whatever gives yeah. us the best that representation of the the podcast. Yeah, because it would be weird if it's like we go into the podcast with like, and then it's like us just talking about meditations or something super chill. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to do it like that. You should do a heavy metal anime cover. A heavy metal anime cut? Which, which anime? <laughs> I have no idea, dude. I have no idea. Pokemon. Ooh. Heavy metal Pokemon. But we I have mean, to watch it, for it, DMCA strike, so we cannot, like... Yeah. It can't be, like... I. You're the professional musician here, man, so you know what you can get away with and what you can't, so... All I have to do is change the key and uh, maybe change some of the notes, and that it'll be close enough that people will know what we're that you ever you ever you could like wank like, through like the pokemon i don't know i gotta pokemon. be the very best i don't know i want to be close to the best like <laughs> some people were <laughs> yeah and if it's on eight string they won't they won't recognize it it'll be it'll be like even if it's in the same key they'll it'll fool them like the, the trick is not using like a, tr- a song that was like recorded and use that as your intro. Although I did hear something about um, the guitarist from Dragon Force, Herman Lee, who who's an outstanding guitar player. He has like a Twitch channel where he like plays through the Dragon Force songs, and he got he got a copyright strike for playing like songs that he himself wrote and recorded in the studio. <laughs> yeah, but that's because he doesn't own he doesn't own any of that. It's the studios yeah. that do. The label owns it. The record yeah. label owns owns music that he created. That's yeah. It's um, fucking shady as fuck, but that's how the industry goes and and it's amazing yeah. to me like I as consumers of the audio, I understand why we don't know that. But when it comes down to like, if you watch Twitter at all, like all watch of these, tw- you mean Twitch? No, Twitter. If you Twitter. watch Twitters, okay. that like all these musicians twi- tweeting out in the universe saying you can use my music. It doesn't mean. And shit. then no, no, not at all. Like <laughs> no. A- as a streamer, I have watched yeah. all this shit really closely because I don't want to have any part of it. Um, mm. With a DMCA strike and getting banned or kicked off or whatever you have it and uh honestly what it comes down to is you have to use music that was self-produced and and have permission so if you look at um some musicians some smaller musicians that made music before they were signed on a label like uh all right you're my age so Mm -hmm. you would know spose i don't you don't know spose i'll bet you i'm actually for the record, I'm younger than you, so. I mean, whatever. Whatever, dude. You still got yeah. fucking hairy balls and shit, too, so whatever, oh, dude. God. Age is age is just a number. Just because sure. my ball hair is gray now does not mean you are younger than me at any <laughs> point. 
Um, <laughs> I've got, got that to look forward to, I guess. Yeah, old wrinkly balls with gray hair instead of old Oof. wrinkly balls with brown hair. So anyway, Spose. Spose. He's got the swagger yeah. of a cripple getting, got little biceps getting fatter in the middle. But he's awesome. Okay. Um, no, that's literally the lyrics of his Yeah, song. I kind of, it's. I'm like, that yeah. sounds like a lyric. You didn't it just does. come up with that. No, yeah. no, I am not that creative whatsoever. Um. No man, he's uh he's a rapper from Maine who mm-hmm. wrote a rap that was really popular. It's called I'm Awesome. Motherfucker, I'm yeah. awesome. Okay. I, I guarantee you've heard it back in college. I probably didn't. I even played know it, it probably. Yeah, I'm sure I've heard it and I just don't even I just don't even know who it is. So my point being is something like that uh was self produced and then he got big yeah. and then he got signed. So they wouldn't have had the rights to that song unless he gave them to him. But so my point is, is like, there's a lot of people out there saying nobody cares if you use their music in stream. So like young gravy, you know who young gravy is? I've heard that name. Okay. And I probably know some of the songs. I just... <laughs> well, young gravy is a very select audience, but he did have a couple popular, like super popular, like rap songs. Okay. Um, he is uh, a rap artist that, is pretty big in the Twitch universe uh, for streamers. A lot of people enjoy his music. A lot of people, he was just pretty popular. He's got some good songs. I used to listen to him on stream all the time. Um, However, some of his old songs that I don't know, he just said on Twitter that we could use, and he, he wants people to use his old music, but he doesn't know which ones are owned or copyrighted by um, studios. Yeah. So it's it's like hit or miss, and it's amazing to me that the artists themselves don't even fucking know what is going on. His lawyer would know. Well, maybe. I mean, it depends on how much fucking audio he had out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think going forward with music, you're going to see a lot more artists ind- independently produce their music. I think there's there's already, like... The band, the band I was playing with, um, is not signed to a label, and they even, even if things pick up for them, like they have no, they have no intention of signing with any label. They're just going to self. They know how to produce their own music. They know how to record. They know how to do it all themselves. So they have no intention of signing with a label, simply because they want to hang on to the ownership of their music. So it's that's the, that's the way I've produced. You know, my my music as well is like. You know, not that I'm not that my music is popular enough to, you know, pick up traction or whatever, but like I had no intention of I, I actually got an email from some rinky dink little label asking if I would sign with them and I just I just put that email in the garbage. Like What? I Yeah, no. Like first of all, I, I'd never heard of any of the bands on that label. And <laughs> Did so you look like, any of them eh. up there? Yeah, I did, and uh, there were some there were some okay ones, but like, it just kind of seemed like the kind of thing where it was some guy trying to gain ownership of my music. Oh, I'm and sure. Just like you know, kind of like buying a lottery ticket. Like maybe this will hit. Like maybe there's an audience for this, and maybe I can strike it rich off this guy's work. Isn't that what and big studios do? It, I mean, that doesn't seem. That, is, that they just seem have a higher ordinary. No, it's not. They just have a higher rate of success, and like you know, the the musician gets a little, a little on the side for their hard work. But like, I would get vir- virtually nothing for my hard work in that scenario that I just described. 
So I just was like, yeah. So I told, I told, he he said something. He he framed it as like, we we really like your music. You know, can is it available to buy on CD? And I'm like, it's not. Uh, but you can go ahead and download it for free and uh, burn it onto a CD. I really don't give a rat's ass. So you know, it's my music, and you can burn it, share it with your friends. I really don't care. And he sent he sent me like, this is my label, and I'm like, oh, that's what this is. Okay. I th at first I thought it was just some guy who was interested in my music and getting it on CD, and I'm like, why the hell don't you just burn it, man? It's free. It's free on Bandcamp. Just download it. So. Yeah, it was it was a it was a indie label, probably just like one guy. That's my that would be my guess, and he just you know, he's I was a lottery ticket, and j maybe just maybe my music would catch on. Well, but, that's kind of, well, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. It might have been worth hearing him out. I mean, what do you nah. have to lose? Uh, the rights to my music. <laughs> Integrity of music. music. Well, beyond the integrity, like, the rights to my music. So, like, I could, I would lose ownership. I would lose, like, my ability to monetize it. I would lose, I don't know, more than that, just, like, what I get, what I get to say can be done with it. Like, I, I mean, but I that's, made that, that's, that's all part of a contract, right? That you didn't yeah. have signed or wouldn't even have, but... I mean, if there's they didn't no even point, send me a contract. Well, and I know he was just—he was just like, "Are you interested?" And I'm just like, "I didn't even respond." Like, <laughs> I mean, to each their own, homie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, little musicians or young people might have been all over that, but as a thirty-year-old, yeah. I—I I mean, it's the same reason why I—I I fully believe that's why, like, military. You can't join after you're 33, like th that's, that's your true? that's your cap. Yeah. So really? I, for for U.S. military, I believe, in a lot of situations, there are ways to get around that, um, with like vouchers or whatever from different people. I don't know. There, uh -huh. There's always loopholes, right? But yeah. the I I fully believe that it's not just the the condition of your body because if you're in shape enough to do what 18 year olds do at 33, which is completely possible. If not mm -hmm. more, I, there's no reason why they wouldn't want to take you because of the condition of your body. It's all the, to do it's with all, brain development. Yep. It's all mental because they cannot rewrite you. Exactly. Yeah. They can't rewrite you at, at an older age because you are worldly and educated or, or more wise about what happens in boot camps, which means you are uncontrollable compared to an 18-year-old who needs guidance and has no other place to be in life. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, yeah, kind of. So like, I don't know. I just, I just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. The way he just, <laughs> just nonchalantly like, yeah, eh? yeah. You guys want to yeah. buy some drugs? I'm a yeah. good drug dealer. I was like, yeah, <laughs> nah, pass. Like whatever. Like honestly, honestly. He's like, the Will Ferrell drug dealer of drug dealers. I, yeah, I like I've uh, beyond that. I've got better music to make now, anyway. And it's I, if that was my first representation in like the music market, it, it would be eh, it's okay. But like the band I'm with now, like that would be what I want to be like the first major representation in my musical career, or whatever you want to call it. So 
that was just the the album I was talking about was just something I did for fun in my spare time. I was like, I had a full time job. No, for like, sure. I, it was something I did when I got I got home from work. I would like head into my studio, this lo- lovely studio you see here, and uh, just like record from five thirty to like nine o'clock at night, just about every day after work. And I don't so, know about a year later, I I crapped out an EP. <laughs> my question to you fun. as a non-musician yeah. what would be the drawback to say somebody with connections so again this is talking about the same situation right you don't know this guy from adam um so he approaches you yeah. and he says hey um in a different world in a different situation or a different approach to you would be um Hey man, I know you produced this EP. It sounds really awesome. We're enjoying it. Um, we, as in my label, and we would like to help you figure out how to get this out to more people. We have connections. We this is what we've done successfully for other people. That is the opportunity that I think you're looking for more so than like, hey, I have a label. You want to sign? Like that's so fucking weirdly phrased. It's kind of clumsy. It was kind of yeah. clumsy. It's obviously that he knows he has no idea how to do that or, or he has a label and there is somebody else that takes care of that. And that is not his field of study, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the case is. I didn't really investigate it further. So what, what would make you sign to a label? Uh, if it could replace my nine to five, if it could become like, if, if the contract was lucrative enough that I would be able to, um, basically not work a normal job. But is it and that then, easy? This day and age, is it is it that it, easy to say that for even a musician that's going to gain popularity um, no, that they can quit their 9-to-5? It's, it's never been that easy, but it's especially not easy now because there's just not that much money being pumped into the music industry because... There's so much money going out. People it, don't buy music anymore. People just kind of... It's, listen to music on the internet or mm-hmm. on Spotify, and then. But Spotify right. and Pandora takes care of their their artists. No, they don't. <clears throat> no, they don't. No, they don't, dude. Uh, I, Fer- you know, Farrell, the the guy that did that stupid happy song, um, because I'm happy. Oh yeah. Like he got it. His his check, his royalty check from Spotify, and people have listened to that song like millions of times on Spotify. Mm-hmm. was like something to the tune of 20 something dollars. Like they none of those streaming services take care of the artists whatsoever. Like not that I've had that many listens on Spotify, but like I I the check's still in the mail. Like I I haven't even had enough listens to Wait, earn you're on Spotify? Money. Yeah. How I did I not even, know that. I don't know, man. I I think I probably didn't send you the link. I probably sent you like the Bandcamp link because I can actually make money on Bandcamp. Like, but only if people choose to pay for the music. So like, I've got I like Bandcamp because like you can you can say okay, you need to start a Patreon. You should start a Patreon page because your Patreon link is going to go right up here right now. No. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. Nah, I just. I don't feel like I have enough to justify 
having that. Like, I don't have enough content. I don't have enough music yet. I don't have enough good music yet. Like, maybe maybe the band I'm playing in now will get there. Um, but they're they're working on setting up to record some demos for the new stuff that uh, that the songwriter, vocalist, guitarist has written for that band. Um, so once that gets going, maybe we'll have the new material up on Bandcamp, and then maybe it gets rolling from there. In, in in my current state, like, I don't feel like I have anything that's, like, worth starting a Patreon over. So maybe, maybe one day, but I'm, I'm just not there yet. Like, I feel, yeah. I feel like even though I've been playing music since I was, like, a kid, like, I've been playing since I was 14, like, I'm just now, like hitting my stride where I'm like a super competent musician and I'm in a good band and like I'm finally playing music that's like actually good music like it takes a while so um maybe one day and if I do I'll be sure to give you the link to the Patreon cool well we'll put it right here okay or actually it'll be over over there above your head okay Okay. Yeah, yeah, you see it? It's yeah. floating, floating oh, right there. Yeah, yeah, it's floating. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so what is that poster that's directly behind your head, by the way? Iviana? Which one? The Yeah, the one you pointed to. That's the Manx. The Manx? Yep. So they're like, they, they're an all-acoustic band uh, that plays like in the style of metal. Like, it's pretty weird. Um, interesting. They, yeah, we saw them in Den. Eunice and I saw them in Denver. Um, open for Necrogoblicon, who is uh, who is kind of like a. You've probably heard at least one Necrogoblicon song, or at least seen the music video. It's they have a goblin, and like the music video is like a goblin working in an office, and like the people in the office are mean to him, and then they they go to the club, and he goes to the club, and he tries to dance with this girl. And they freak out at him, and then he kills them. And it's it's a it's a pretty hilarious music video. Um, we'll we'll put a link in the uh, bio of this. Sure, yeah, it's uh, Necrogoblicon. What is it? No one survives. I think it's off their debut album. It's the first track on their debut album. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people saw the video. It's a good video. So if you're into um, metal, they, go yeah. watch this. Oh yeah, man, those guys those guys were a blast live. The Goblin comes with them on tour. That's fucking like, legit. Yeah. Is it he like was in Happy Bones? He was in the mosh pit. Oh, like, so he's... Gob- yeah, like, he's a, it's a guy that dresses up like the goblin, and he gets in the mosh pit, and then he was, like, up on the bar, dancing around on the bar. It was fucking hilarious, man. Like, it was such a good show. And, and that- then these, these, weird, these weirdos opened for him. Um, and I, I liked them enough to buy some merch from them. They were, they were pretty good, too. Necro-goblicon. Yeah. It's a K, I think, not a C. Necrogoblicon. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's an interesting name. I mean, what are you going to do when there's no more names left out there, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> in my area, they are adding another zip code because we've used all the phone numbers. Okay. No are you fucking... Oh, you, you so mean a weird. prefix? Yeah. Okay. No, no. Yeah, so, like... I live in the 217 area code. Yep. That is not going to be 217 only anymore. Hmm. 
There is going to be, yeah, sorry, not a zip code, area code. Yeah, 217. Right. Um, yeah, so there's going to be an additional 217 and then an additional one past that for phone numbers. It's going to be fucking weird. So I'm going to dial my phone number with a different prefix and call somebody other than myself that lives huh. nearby me. It's crazy. That's kind of like it, it's kind of like it is up here. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm in I'm in 847, but Eunice is a 773. <laughs> and uh there's like 630. There's um in the city it's like 312 773. There's another one I don't remember it, but yeah, there's, there's a so bunch. many, man. There's a and, lot, a lot of them up here. And you know what it is that's doing this to us? Like, it, it was always that way because of how crowded it is up near you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you've always had several zip codes or area yeah. codes. Um, but right. it's because all these devices now that come out, man. Like, you have yeah. an iPhone. Well, you probably have an Apple Watch. Some Apple Watches have its own fucking SIM card, so that's a phone number. You have yeah. three kids. You have three tablets. All of them have data on them. That's three phone numbers. Like... A household that used to have one landline now has fucking 17. Yeah. And it's ridiculous, yeah. man. It is ridiculous how many phone numbers are just unused. Nobody calls on them. It is solely data. Yeah, telecoms laughing all the way to the bank. It's amazing, right? Because all those taxes that you have to pay on uh, data and then all the taxes you have to pay on having a phone line. Because for some reason, even in this day and age, Places like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint. I'm sure they know how to separate this with the FCC, or the FCC doesn't allow them to, one of the two. You can have data with a data chip and not a fucking phone number that nobody uses. But why, why would they not separate it? Because you pay taxes on phone lines. You also pay for each line. Data, just like internet. You ever looked at your internet bill? Compared to a phone bill that comes from the same line, internet is taxed at like 2%. Phone bills, you have a 911 fee, you have all this other bullshit. Like a $10 phone line would be $33. Easy. $10 data plan would be $11. There's a reason why we all pay fucking an exorbitant amount for data because we don't want it. Buku bucks. Yeah. And they haven't separated it. There's no way to get just data on something. You have to have a phone number. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think it's both of them. One hand washes the other, right? Like they're, oh, of course. They're making, they're making money hand over fist. The both of them. They're both in on it. So, and you know, fuck the consumer. So that's that's just how it is. Well, you would think you would think that AT and T would have a leg up on the competition, but instead they are the ones that keep stealing from their consumers and only refund you if you have called them about it, about their mistakes on their billing. <laughs> but it, the reason why I say AT and T, you would think it would have a leg up on the competition price wise, is solely because Ma Bell and Pa Bell own every single power line in the U.S. They own every single fucking power pole. So when, you, when they transport power from city to city or from power plant to the end consumer, they're paying taxes or usage fees to AT&T. You have Comcast. Comcast pays AT&T for a usage fee to use their poles as long as it's aerial. A lot of new places are all underground. They're subterranean. It's the only way to get past that. Unless the transmission from the point of you getting that from the power plant is not subterranean, then you don't avoid that. 
it's it's a fucking racket, man. Nobody like how can one yeah. company own all of the power poles and it, it makes no sense. Uh, uh, it's because they because they can simply because they can and they make a lot of money doing it. So they get to grease a lot of wheels. And uh, and if I'm wrong, guys, yep. just let me know down below in the comments. Oh, don't don't you it. worry about that, man. They'll let you know. Oh, I hope so. I hope so, because I want to be right. That's what Heather always says. Like, why do you always have to argue? Um, I don't. You need to do some meditations, man. Look. You need to, like, drink some green tea and do some meditations. <laughs> I don't argue. And I also don't think I'm right all the time. Because what's the one thing that we have access to now that I didn't have when I was younger? Pornography. And Google. Also, one and the same. But still, Google. Google. You use, don't use Google for pornography, man. Use use Duck Duck Go. They won't they won't track your searches. <laughs> I could care less what the government wants to watch me watch. I don't give a fuck. I make sure that when I'm watching porno, that my dick is in the camera so they can see me stroking it. I, I want to pleasure everybody that I know. Oof. If they're into that, let them be into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I got a little dick, which is why I don't watch like dick choking porn like yeah. if that bitch is vomiting on a cock it ain't for me but it might be for somebody else that's why i'm saying like teach their own guys i mean watch what you want to watch but my point is is google or just information that is available to us now there's no reason for me to be right or wrong until proven so if somebody has an issue with me watching or, or not watching but looking up an answer to something on google like, why would I not want the answer to me being right or wrong for what I'm saying? It makes no you sense. You know what's, in- what's interesting about Google is they, like, curate the results of your search based on, like, previous searches and the links you click. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so – so two, peop- two people Google the same thing. Mm-hmm. You could get drastically different information, like drastically different links, drastically only, different sources. Only on topics – of politics, of of something that's massively I mean, consumed, right? Because if I, I go mean, in and I look, politics. like if if I type in a name of an artist, so let's go back to music. If I type in the name of an artist and you type in the name of an artist, as long as there are metrics that are being consumed and or purchased, you and I are going to get the same results, more or less. Yeah. Now under under the first ten might be different. Because under the first 10, in a very specific niche field where nobody's really paying for keyword searches and nobody's doing this stuff, it might be skewed a little bit because the results are going to be more filtered for what I am trying to consume or previously consumed than you, right? So that's where it might get a little bit off. But like the first queued words, like if I'm typing in the exact same words as you, it should be the same at least first 10, first page if somebody is paying for it that's that's the premise of how we used to build websites and shit for people like yeah i mean they're obviously the sponsored links are going to come up first whoever's paying to get like the sponsored link is going to come even past that you don't have to buy a sponsored link you can buy keywords so when i type in the same words as you if somebody's paying for those words those are paid to be first so that's what i'm saying so like they aren't they don't have to be ad like where it says ad on the sponsored yeah. ads. It, but below that, the actual search results should be the same as long as somebody is filtering out keywords to purchase. So if somebody – and that's that's like a – that's a strategy. 
when you build websites. If I have, so if, let's just take big examples here, like Apple. Apple's just starting out. Their immediate competition is, I don't know, Google, right? For some reason. Or let's, let's say Apple TV versus Netflix. So I type in Netflix and Apple's website, or well, web presence, um, they have purchased the word Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I type in Apple TV and Netflix is the first search result. It's strategy. So I type in Netflix and Apple's guys, they've purchased Netflix or Maybe streaming service. Exactly. Amazon TV. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it, it's all about who buys those words, man. It's crazy how you can buy fucking letters. <laughs> A combination of letters equals money. It's crazy, dude. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I don't know. It's, uh, that's part of the reason I don't, you know, it's partially unrelated, but that's part of the reason I would never want to be on a record label is, uh, I don't know there's something about retaining ownership of the words you create, of the things you create, of the things you come up with. I don't know. It's, it sounds right. Somebody puts a, so I mean, look at Harley Davidson, how long have they had a patent on their sound of their engine? Yeah. I I just learned that recently. It's crazy. The sound of their motorcycles. And it's, so it's like, created from the tilt of a cylinder. So they have been able mm-hmm. to refine it to the point where they could discriminate like, or, or describe where it actually comes from and the actual process they use to get there. So if you move that into human characteristics, like, well, I tilt my head to the left and I can get this note here. Like, can I patent that? You should be able to if you can patent the sound of a fucking engine, Right. I, I mean, to me, at some point, like, there are going to have to be laws that eliminate the ability for people to do that because, like, we're not going to be able to function as human beings anymore if, the, if it's allowed to do that. There's a limited range of frequencies that the human voice can produce. And so, eventually, every, if, if what you're saying is, like, they'll patent each and every frequency, eventually there will be no frequencies in the human voice range left to, to patent. And I, so every single time you open, your, ma- you open well, your mouth, there's like copyright infringement issues. Like, exactly. That sounds That's what I'm saying. pretty horrible. That yeah, sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. But to what you said, just to be argumentative a little bit, uh, have you ever heard of... Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> just a little bit. Have you ever heard of the Tibetan throat uh, singing? The Tibetan oh, yeah, monk? Man. That is That is not one sound coming out of one throat. That is like three. And it's fucking right. awesome. But they I all could never fall do within that. the... They all fall within the spectrum of producible human sounds, uh, right? Frequencies that a human can produce, right? So it is three, but like they're all within the range of the human voice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's that's I don't understand, man, how you could copyright somebody's sounds that they make. Like it's just weird. It's weird to me. I don't know. A lot of people think of uh, of their voice as as like an expression of themselves, but or like the words that come out of their mouth, like it's just sounds like we make sounds and they mean something to somebody else and to us. Yeah. And same with any language, all languages are just sounds. Yeah. I mean, it, it means, I mean, beyond just, you know, our voice, any sound we make, I don't know. Like, that's why I play music is like the sounds mean something to me. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's even though it's not a language, it's, 
it's an expression. It, uh, I don't know. It's an expression of where I'm at, of what I think, of what I feel, just not in the form of, like, the English language. Well, music know. is a different language, right? Music is a language yeah. of its own, and it's, it's, it's transversal in a way that English is not, or, or Japanese, or Indonesian, or, or Dutch, German, like, I don't know if any of those are languages anyway, but... Pretty sure um, German is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, the point is, is like, you could take music anywhere, it's going to be the same language, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you're right about, it's a universal language, like, A here is A in India, it's A in Africa, mm -hmm. it's A is A in Australia. Like, it is, it, it is the language, the only language that, that can connect all of us. Right. Yeah. A A two is A two. A three is A three. Like, and there's no different dialects. There's it, it all sounds the same. You, know? you can you can adjust like. We could do drop chords and shit. Like, well, you you can adjust like frequencies and stuff. But then you know, like you you might see something like 440 hertz, and then a different you could have it tuned differently to 432 hertz or something like that and it adjusts it adjusts the pitch accordingly so relative it's a2 a3 whatever but like the basic foundation there's, never changes right right yeah but there's different frequencies you can get from them which oh yeah which frequencies are also something that is tracked numerically like there's 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 something out yep. there with like physics, right? With frequencies and like number collations yeah, and yeah. It is physics. It's that's all that's all music really comes down to is like it's just air coming out of something being manipulated. And that's really all music sound in general is, is it's manipulated airwaves that we are able to pick up with our ears. Hmm. Um, that's I don't know, and there's a certain there's a certain range that we can hear, so all of the sounds that we make are most of them anyway are curated to that range so that we can actually hear it and so like like a dog whistle that's out of our range of hearing right because it's a high it's a very high frequency that's out of the range of human hearing, but it's not out of the range of the dog's hearing, so like if you've ever oh if you've ever wondered why your maybe your dog's not but most dogs are terrified of vacuum cleaners, um, it's because there's an additional be, frequency that, that we cannot we don't hear. hear. Yeah, right. it's beyond our capability of hearing that frequency, and so they hear it, hmm. and it, it is like it's so loud to them. That's that's where that sound has its highest volume in frequency. So like it's two things, right? There's the frequency. And then there's the volume at each frequency, and it's not just like a sound is made and it just makes one single one single frequency. It's a wave of sound, and so it it crosses multiple frequencies as the airwave travels. Um, so we only hear part of it. We hear the part that's like quieter. Right. So to uh, to us, we're like, why is this dog freaking out? Like it's kind of loud. It's not that loud, but to them what they're able to pick up with their ears is so freaking loud. It 
dude. Well, it scares the bejesus out of my cat when I turn on the vacuum. It's it's not even just the frequency, right? It it's or the volume of it. It's the the fact that their hearing is a thousand times better acute. than ours. Yeah. Yeah. They have much more sensitive hearing. If you could turn and up the volume yeah. on a vacuum even for humans times the whatever to make it e- like equilateral between the two species for what they hear and what we can hear, even our own spectrums, like I wouldn't want to hear it would a vacuum be louder. Yeah, I, I would. It, it would, would be. It would rupture my eardrums for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it it's pretty loud. Yeah, we just don't pick it up. Yeah, it's weird. That's that's really like it, strange. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it goes the other way too. There's a certain when you reach the low end, like we are no longer able to hear it. Like. On the mm-hmm. bass guitar, if you turn, if you turn, have a five-string bass or a six-string bass with the low B string, mm-hmm. if you drop that, th- I think it's two whole steps to G. Like humans begin not being able, humans can't hear that frequency for the most part. Some people can, but if you the lower you go beyond G, people can't hear that. They will feel the frequency. They will feel the vibration, but they won't hear it. So if you've ever noticed like the ground rumbling, like it's made like with an earthquake, for instance, like earthquakes make sound. It's just such a low end frequency that you can't even hear it. Like it's so loud that your house is shaking, that you're shaking, your stuff is shaking, but it's, it's at a frequency, which we are not able to hear. That frequency that, it's not the frequency that shakes the house. It might it might be part of it, but the the ground shaking well, is the also airwaves. the ground moving. It's the yeah yeah that too obviously, but the but the airwaves and the sound also also are so loud that they'll like maybe not maybe an earthquake's a bad example, but like if you've ever seen like a machine that's pounding into the ground doing doing some kind of road work. Mm-hmm. Like, there are additional. So, so it's like the rainbow. Yeah. It, it, <clears throat> like, yeah. it, just putting it really generically, like the rainbows don't end for vertical or horizontal. Right. Like, you know, there are right. there are just colors in the spectrum that we cannot we perceive with our eyes. That's just how it's it goes. Kinda, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Right. Like we we can't perceive too high or too low. All we can see is what we see. Roy G. Biv. And then yeah. slight variations under and over that, but it it's it's a continuous color. You know, like there, yeah. there are color separations there that we just cannot perceive as human beings with the eyeballs that we are. We have we have basically evolved to have at this point in our lives, you know. Yeah. Um, and th- so that's basically the same thing that you were saying for music, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and any sound, hmm. really. So going lower, is that where the theory of the brown note came from? Yeah, basically, like it's a note i think it's a low e it's like so low that the vibrations basically rattle your intestines and <laughs> it just stirs shit up and i want to suppos- do this so bad <laughs> supposedly you shit your pants i i don't know man you i think you'd probably already have to be like on the verge of having to take a dump to to have that happen but like yeah i've heard of the brown note it's we a, should do an experiment we should get a really big we should well, I mean I would sacrifice myself for the gain of humanity. Okay, if you turn off your video, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> not not today. But what okay. we should do is we should 
have like one of those huge concert fucking like subwoofers on the side of the stage, I'll stand right in front of it. You play that like that low G low or e. low low E. And yeah. it'll just reverberate my entire body. I won't hear anything, but I will smell lots of things. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Right? We can prove the existence of the brown note. And I then we can sell it. For that. We could sell it to the government. What? <laughs> they, could tra- <laughs> they could drop speakers from the air that just all play the brown note as soon as they hit the ground. They just smash into the ground and go. <laughs> So the entire nation just shits itself. Just cause an entire area to shit their pants, huh? I would love it. It's worse than an EMP. It's smellier than an EMP. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get off the poop jokes, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Although poop jokes are always good. Yep. Mm. I kind of want to play some checkers, man, looking at your... Uh, looking at your background there. <laughs> king you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll king you, big boy. What are you sipping on over there? Tea. Tea. It's all gone now. Uh, yeah. Do you always drink yeah. with two hands? Uh, When I'm trying to prevent the bag from falling out onto my face, yes. <laughs> you don't want to get tea bagged, huh? No, we did I don't. A, we did enough of that in Call of Duty over the years. Ugh. Yeah, I thought we did more of that in Halo because they have the toggle control for the crouch. That was like to me synonymous with Halo. Yes. Yeah, teabagging has kind of been something that's in both games, but Halo was definitely like Halo was the more toxic community growing up, oh, and now it's now man. it's a hundred percent fucking COD. Hundred percent. Oh, dude. I guess I I guess I don't even oh. play those games online anymore <laughs> just because I'm tired of. I'm tired of being called the N-word by a 12-year-old. Like, I just... A 12-year-old white kid that lives down the street from you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm done. I'm done with this. Like, I'll just play the... I I downloaded the uh, Master Chief collection, like, a while ago, and I was replaying Halo and Halo 2. And I'm like, I like this campaign. I don't think I need to play online. You know what I really like about what's going on right now in the gaming community is Mm. that you buy the Xbox, the new one, and you can play fucking the original Xbox games. Yeah, I've seen That's that. That's fucking like, legit, dude. You could play the original fucking Halo game again cool. without the console. Yeah. It's yeah. about time. Like, they've always talked about this reverse compatibility bullshit. And now they yeah. actually make this brand new system with, like, what, 1880K? Like, the 8K, essentially, compatibility. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now you can play everything back to the original, like the origination of that system, like same yeah. game discs, everything. It's awesome. They uh, they were talking about doing that for 360, and then we got the 360, and I tried putting Halo Combat Evolved in there, and it's like error. Can't, can't read <laughs> yeah. this. Can't read the best game Microsoft ever created. Sorry. Well, and I think they fixed that in future like 360 renovations because they came All out right. with the the Pro. And then the Pro, the, it was the white one. The white 360, I believe, was the first one that was fully compatible with backwards compatibility for one system. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. We've only gotten one system back most of the time for PlayStation or Xbox. And now it's the it, it's a lineage console. 
Like there is That's there is cool. nothing it can't play, right? That is fucking awesome. And then yeah. if there's things that you don't own, they have things like Game Pass, which is fucking baller, dude. Have you ever looked at the Game Pass? No. Dude, the Game Pass is like their entire collection of games, um, including new ones. So like, um, let's see. So like you pay $15 a month for Game Pass, right? And it's a Microsoft-based thing, which means you can download and play any of the games on Game Pass on your PC or on Xbox. And it's 15 bucks a month. All of their brand new games, like when um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out, it was added to the Game Pass immediately, the like launch day. So $15 a month gets you that game, or you can go out and buy it for 70 And if you're done playing it, you get bored of it, you go to the next game. Like It's it's like Gamefly, except you don't have to wait for shit to come in the mail. And it's it's versatile, so you can use it on your PC and your, and your Xbox, which is a fucking awesome idea. Like Microsoft really cornered the market in the gaming community, especially wow. because Microsoft also went out and bought a whole bunch of fucking dev studios in the last like yeah fucking 90 days or last half a year at least, 6 months. They were doing that back back in the day too. They when they bought uh BioWare and they bought um uh Bungie and they bought like all of those companies and now they have even more. But Bungie well, got sold to Activision, right? And That's then, right. They then, yeah, they split and they had three four three industries and Bungie and then they okay. And then Bungie Bungie purchased back the Halo uh I think a year ago or two years. No 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 no. What the fuck am I saying? No, I'm a Destiny two player, guys, by the way. Um I should know this stuff. It it was literally like last year when they bought bought it back. And then they mm-hmm. did a whole reboot to the Destiny game basically so the game got really stale and got really uh purchase heavy mm-hmm. and so bungie um a lot of it and so destiny is really good at like not being pay to win for the most part but when activision had it it was very very paywallish like um there were some like exotic weapons that you couldn't get without purchasing them or, or purchasing a portion of something to get something else like it was it was weird uh and then now it's kind of fixed but not really fixed but bungie owns it so like the story's better it's not as boring all the time i don't know yeah. <clears throat> playing that one a lot what are you playing these days ah man i play destiny every once in a while and they just came out with a brand new expansion like it was it, the expansion is basically the the second half of the Destiny Two game, so it's gigantic. Lots of storylines, lots of everything. I haven't played that as much as I probably should, but right now I'm playing a little bit of Fortnite, a little bit of Destiny, and then uh, I, a little bit of COD. I play a lot of Rogue Company, which is really cool. Rogue Company is fucking fun as shit, and it's free. What is what is that? Is that a FPS? It is a. It's an FPS. It's a five v or four v four, right? Okay. Yeah, four v four map. There's domination, strikeout, which is a uh, just a, a kill count TDM basically, mm-hmm. and then um, there's uh, I don't know. There's there's planting a bomb, zone control, and then strikeout, which is the TDM. So there's three different versions. It's it's cool because it's the only FPS. So most of the time you're coming around corners and you you are locked. So if this is your point of view, right? So it's on my left. 
and I'm going around a right corner, I'm fucked because somebody else has that right, the left-hand peak, and I don't. So I have to go mm-hmm. farther over to see him. This game allows you to switch your point of view. Ah, uh, like so, swap left, righty, lefty. And it's cool. fucking baller, dude. It is so good. It is, it is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen in a video game for multiplayer purposes. Like, the, the whole mechanics of this game are fucking, like, legit. Hmm. And it's free. It's called, it's called Rogue Company. Rogue Company. Yep. Hmm. Very good game. Okay. It's all it's cross-platform, which is really cool. You can play it on any console and match up with anybody you want. Is I it play, on Steam? It is on Epic Games. Epic Games. That's mm-hmm. the other one. That's the one I don't have. Well, I'll, have just, to get, I'll have to get Epic Games. It seems like Epic Games has quite a dude. Library. And Epic Games gives you free games every week, or every That's nice. every yeah, I think it's every week. There's one free game every week. I've I've still got a PlayStation Four, and uh, one of the free games I'm that they're giving away this month. I'm really really excited to play. It was one I was thinking about buying while it was on sale, but I didn't I didn't buy it just because. It just know. cause. No no no. Um, it's uh. Man Eater? I bought that game when it first came out on PC, and I I actually streamed that for a while. It It was fucking fun fun as shit, but it is very... uh, Short, repetitive. It's very repetitive. Very repetitive. It it looks... There was a game back on the original Xbox that was a Jaws game, and basically, like, you swam the open waters and just hunted down people in boats and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. It was pretty odd. It looks just like that, but, like, now you're going to catch a rocket (laughs) i streamed the game for probably i don't even know like 16 18 hours and i got pretty close to the end but it was it was incredibly tedious and and like repetitive Hmm. um at that point now it was a fuck ton of fun at the beginning so don't worry about having fun or not and it, it was still fun i could pick it up again today and play for a couple hours and be fine but it's yeah if it's free get it dude yeah, fuck yeah i will i paid I fucking 40 will. bucks for it yeah it was on sale for like 20 or something i'm like eh whatever i'll just yeah. it'll be free at some point and sure enough it is it's a so well I'm put just... in it's a well put together game it's well okay. worth it i mean they had me at shark a- shark rpg <laughs> like dude when i saw it first awesome come out concept. it was awesome yeah hell yeah yeah that looks cool yeah i've been playing uh, i've been playing doom eternal um, I picked that up when it went on sale on Christmas Eve for like twenty bucks. So, for twenty bucks, it's a really fun game. Like it's it's pretty like simple and pretty like it seems like it's seems like it's already kind of getting repetitive. But like it's a it's a very fun like throwback shooter. Like you don't it's one of those shooters where you like never reload your gun. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just like good dumb fun action and. As an eight-string guitarist, I love the soundtrack, man. It's like, it's like he wrote that whole soundtrack on string. Pretty sweet. <laughs> so I'm enjoying that one. Sweet, yeah. Doom has always been very heavy metalish ever since the very beginning, like soundtrack-wise, right? I mean, I don't, I don't remember what the original Doom soundtrack sounded like back in what '93. That's uh, because you were when a it, baby. I mean, I played it, not when I was, not 93, probably, probably played it in like 98 or something like that, but like, I played it, and uh, yeah, it's it's very much like dumb action, like, very much You've just played like, the old Duke Nukem's, right? I played, yeah, I played one of them, I don't remember which one. Yeah, so but Doom yeah, was the, the exact, Doom was like, 
Duke Nukem was a copy of <laughs> Doom, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, because Doom was the very first PC game, right? Uh, it was uh, the very like, first, like, FPS. Yeah. yeah. I think it was the first FPS. I, I might be mistaken. I remember. It was, like, the first mainstream FPS that gained a lot of popularity. I think it was, like, wasn't, it, wasn't Doom the first one that actually had additional levels and character models? Or was Maybe. that Duke Nukem? It was one of the two. Yeah, because Duke. There was there was it was where you would you would have to go through a maze of walls. Like there was walls on all sides, and you'd have to turn corners and. Yeah, yeah, they had they had that in Doom, and then they had like different character models and stuff like that, and different guns that you could switch to, all kinds of stuff, which was very like innovative at the time. Very you know, but yeah, it's it's definitely got the vibe of that first Doom game where. A lot of the animations look like kind of like the original like 2D Doom enemies. Like they got the floating head with the one eyeball. They got the guy with the crew cut that's got the rocket launcher arm or whatever. Like, but it's but it's all super updated, you know, slick looking graphics. <laughs> so it's it's very much feels like an old 90s FPS like updated for 2020. That's actually pretty impressive. I, I mean, yeah. but that's what they wanted to do, right? They wanted to make yep. it look like... I mean, the Doom community is the same Doom community that purchased the original game at this point. Or, or Probably, you know, yeah. slightly skewed by five or eight years in, in ages, right? Yeah. So they wanted it to look like an old game or the, the game that was beloved, but yeah. with updated graphics. Like... That's it, Doom is what it is, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the extent of why you play it because you enjoyed all the other Dooms, you know. I mean, they tried something different with Doom Three. They tried to make it a, like a survival horror game. I remember that was on the, I think on the original Xbox and PC, back in like '06 or something like that. Hmm. And it was okay. Um, it wasn't very scary. It was just a you know a lot of jump scares, but like, well, survival. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, too too many cutscenes with talking. Too many like, I don't know. You had to like count your ammo. It's like what man, just throw ammo all over the place and <laughs> let me shoot as many people as possible. If I wanted to play that, I would have played Resident Evil. You know, and yeah. I, I wasn't ever a big Resident Evil fan. And and honestly, the survival game community wouldn't even call Resident Evil a survival game. Because there are games out there like Conan. There's games out yeah. there like, uh, uh, what is it? I don't know. There, there's a bunch of zombie survival games and shit. Like, it, it's crazy how many people like. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what you would call Resident Evil. It's like story based RPG horror, like a horror horror puzzle. Like, there's yeah, that's what it is. It's a puzzle game. Well, the puzzle yeah. is how much ammo do I use? Do I stab this guy? Do I do I use the three cartridges of shotgun ammo that I found? Like, yeah, and there's there's pu- there's puzzles in there where you have to collect like, parts to the clock tower. I I played R- the RE2 remake and it was it was fun. Like it got a little repetitive back, but like it was a pretty good game. I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't, I'll probably never touch it again, but. You know, it was it was worth like the twenty bucks I paid for it. I think it's the worst part of the games, right? This like yeah. I'm never gonna touch it again. I yeah. hate, I hate that I spend seventy dollars on a game because I'm super excited for it, and then I beat it, and I'm like, fuck. 
That's why I don't buy brand new games. Damn like it. almost exclu- I almost exclusively don't buy brand new games just because I bought Spider-Man 2 Miles Morales. Uh-huh. On a weekend. And I beat it. Did you beat it? On a weekend. Yeah. Now I'm fucked. I'm a- 70 how many bucks. Hours did you, how many oh. hours did you put into it? I'd have to go look, but probably closer to 30. Okay. I beat it. No, probably not, dude. Probably closer to 18. I would say 18 to 25. Okay. Bought it I'm on sure Friday. It was enjoyable. But... Dude, it was awesome. That game is yeah. fucking awesome. But the problem is, is I'm never going to pick it up again. I finished it. I beat yeah. it. I'm at like 98%. What the yeah, fuck else is nothing... there for me to do? Nothing. Like, there's going to be maybe some expansions. Yeah. I will tell you that I've been playing the Kakarot game. Heather got it for me for Christmas. Cool. And this week has been nothing but amazing fucking storylines from Dragon Ball Z. So, Dude, when, it is. so what storyline does that one take place in? From the very beginning. And there's oh, a yeah. lot of throwbacks. So you find little memories of uh, Dragon Ball adventures as well in different cool. areas. So, like, it ties everything together. So you start out with uh, Gohan and Goku in their village before before the androids, or not before androids, but before the Saiyans even show up. Okay. So Raditz. So you, yeah. start at, you start at the very beginning. And then right now I've finally gotten to the Cell Saga. And I probably okay. have... 30 hours in the game. Okay. It is fucking awesome. And then there are expansions coming out. They've already put out two expansions or, uh, yeah, you have to buy them, which is fair because this game is gigantic already. Um, they have the, there's two expansions past where I'm at. So I think Majin Buu, the next one, might actually be something that I have to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, there is also, like, I see the picture of Reese, the the angel that works with Barris. Um, Man, I don't even, I don't even remember. The God of Destruction. No, so we're, we're getting into uh, Dragon Ball Z. Um, like, GT? So GT, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I watched GT. Or Dragon Ball Super. I... So GT okay. GT is a whole different thing. GT is a different yeah. saga um, yeah. with the same characters. But so I, I think what we're doing is, so Reese and Barris, like the God of Destruction, is Dragon Ball Super. So uh, Majin Buu was the last saga of actual Dragon Ball Z. And then they yeah, went I to Dragon Ball GT, which is all different. And then there's Dragon Ball Super, which is the continuation of Dragon Ball Z. So that's where they start fighting in the, like, they start fighting throughout the universe instead of just on Earth, right? It's no longer, like, direct enemies. That's where, like, Dragon Ball Super is where they go to um, Zenny, the god of the universe, the little guy. And then um, they, they do, like, the universe world tournament or the universe tournament and the, for, the, for the universe Dragon Balls and shit. The Dragon Balls are as big as planets and shit, so it's fucking cool as shit. Dude, I, what I don't understand is what Namek, what Namekian made those Dragon Balls, dude. Because that Namekian, like Namekians, are the only ones that could create Dragon Balls. Like what? He put in some overtime. <laughs> oh god, that's a lot. But yeah, so that game is fucking fun as shit, man. If you like Dragon Ball Z, dude, you should definitely pick up that game. 
I'll check it out when it goes on sale. Yeah, for sure. It's been I out think- for a while, man. I don't think it's very expensive anymore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll. I'll. That's one I was curious to try. I wasn't sure because I tried to get Xenoverse and it turned to be like an MMO, and I'm fuck MMOs. I'm not. I'm not yeah. a fan of. I, and Boy. and that's the big difference, right? Because Kakarot is an RPG. It is yeah, not that's what a. I wanted. It is not a uh, side-scrolling fucking three sixty or three hundred sixty degree fucking like fighting game. Uh, solely fighting game, right? Because that's that that is how you progress through the through the storyline. But it is open open world, free roam, different territories. And you can choose to do side quests. You can choose not to do side quests. Some of the side quests are like cooking. You have to go find ingredients. You have to. I, I don't know. It, it's it's, be it's a different side quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a Xenoverse. It is not a Xenoverse game, which okay. is because I've had Xenoverse one and two and three, and I had I fun like with it. them. But I I'm not a big fan of like I, I never was a big fighter game, Mortal Kombat guy. You know. Yeah. So I didn't really – I liked it because of the characters, but I didn't ever like the game because that's just not the kind of game I like to play. But this one is different. Like there's an actual like storyline to this with opportunity to like check out the world. Like I go to Capsule Corp all the time and you can build cars. You can – I don't know. There's all sorts of weird fucking shit in this game that, that's really cool to be there because there hasn't been another Dragon Ball Z game like that at all. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, Hell yeah. I think the last game I paid full price for was Ghost of Tsushima, which I enjoyed, but it's another game that... Did like, you beat it? Yeah, I did. And I'll probably never play it again, but like... <laughs> it, was, it, 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 was, it was a lot of hours I put in. And there's I, New I, Game I Plus in that in there? Yeah, there's a new there's an expansion pack. I have I And apparently free, so like maybe I should download that and try it out. But uh, I probably put like... Because I com- I completed just about every single side quest and found found every um, found every fox like discovered everything there was I like cl- I cleared the map almost entirely and that probably took me I want to say close to forty hours which like I paid sixty bucks for the game so like well Eunice paid sixty bucks for the game she got it she got it <laughs> for my birth- for my birthday but right. um like. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, like, honestly, if if you're still a fan of Assassin's Creed, it's like, it's like a better Assassin's Creed. It's like an Assassin's Creed where you're not yanked out of the historical context and thrown into this future world where it's like you weren't really doing that stuff. You're that's a computer simulation. I always to be like a clunky device to tell the story in Assassin's Creed. Like, I was never a fan of that part of the game. And it, they just take that right out of the equation. It's like, no, you're a samurai in medieval Japan and uh, fight some Mongols. And <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. There's some there's some good characters. Uh, like, the story... I really liked the main story. I really liked the ending of the game, which I don't want to give away. Um, but it's... Yeah, I thought, I thought it was worth a play. And if it's on sale right now, that's definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of that kind of game ghost of tsushima came with high praise from just about everybody that played the game i don't know if i've ever seen a bad review of that game ever yeah so i think the only bad review i saw was the video game donkey he he shits on like whatever he feels like yeah he he just shits on everything so i'm like yeah i enjoyed the game 
he didn't. So whatever. Well, it's, I, I still like it. And that game is really difficult, right? I mean, like it's very intricate. Like, well, kind of. So there's a learning curve and there's certain techniques you have to use. So it all comes down to like fighting stance. So I'd say most of that game, it, there's like the stealth component, which is important. And then there's, once you're discovered, the non-stealth component is knowing which stance to use which enemy. So like shielded enemies need stance against them. Hard fighters, you need a di- certain stance against them. The big tank guys, you need a different stance. And I think the spearmen is, you need to use another stance against them. And you'll have multiple types of enemy attacking you at once and you just have to like on the fly make that stance adjustment before you attack that enemy otherwise your attack will be much less effective vulnerable uh, if you carry out the wrong attack against the wrong enemy Hmm. so that part of it is like there's a learning curve to it but once you have it down it's really not that hard like it just becomes part of how you play the game gotcha so Through uh, through the quarantine that we've all had to put ourselves through, has mm-hmm. video games been a big portion of like what's maintaining your sanity? That music or like both? Both definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say <clears throat> I would say both. Like, yeah, I've I've been. Uh, been lacking employment for a while and so i uh i needed something to fill my time other than like cleaning up around the house and you know doing shit like that and exercise exercise is another thing that really but yeah video i spent a lot of time playing video games they definitely helped me retain my sanity i i would agree a hundred percent um i played what else did i play the last of us part two I really enjoyed The Last of Us Part Two. Like that was supposed a, to be a really good one too. As an audio geek, I I can I'll tell you right now, that is the best sounding video game I have ever played in my entire life. Like hmm. the the sound quality, the is off the charts. I I cannot believe how good the gunfire sounds in that game. How like when you interact with the world, the sound the like. I found myself wearing headphones when I'm playing that game, and I'm fully immersed just by, like, the soundscape. Just by, like, hearing, like... Like, you know, usually in shooting games, the bad guys don't give a shit if their friend just got killed right now. Yeah. That, that is not the case in The Last of Us Part Two. Like, you, you will hear if... Like, I, I remember clearly Seattle Day 1... Like, when you first encounter... Spoiler, sorry. Uh, when you first encounter humans, like, the non-zombie humans, and you have to fight them, like, I remember using a high-powered rifle point-blank range. I shot a woman in her kneecap, and, dude, she was screaming in agony. Like, it's <laughs> she didn't just, like, Ugh. like, you know, how it usually is in video games. Like, she was, he probably bled out on the floor for, like, a good, the screams getting, like, softer and softer, and her, her friends, Kathy! <laughs> it's pretty, uh, intense. pretty grotesque, really, uh, yeah. honestly. 
just realistic. Really, I mean, as realistic as these games can be, you can take like two bullets as the main character and just keep standing and nothing, you know, you can walk away. So that's that part is, yeah, still unrealistic, but the way the enemies react when they're shot, the way they react when their friends die, the way they react when, like, you kill one of their dogs, like, they get mad, dude. They get sad or mad or both. Like, it affects their tactics. They get more aggressive with you. Like, the way the gunfire sounds. I've never heard gunfire sound. It's... I, I think the next best gunfire I heard was probably... The Modern Warfare remake, I want to say. I haven't played the Black Ops, so I don't know how that sounds. Um, but I'd say it's even better than the Modern Warfare remake. Mm. How that gunfire sounds. Like, it is like... It echoes. It's like... It sounds like intimidating. Like, it's... Compared to the rest of the sounds in the world, it's like proportionately loud. <laughs> and it it's like more... It resonates more indoor, outdoor like the way like the detail the attention to detail on how they handled the main characters practice practice uh, trigger discipline so like Ellie doesn't have her finger on the trigger unlike aiming the gun like I don't know there's just like a lot of really cool things about that game that I really enjoyed that's awesome yeah I might have to check yeah, it out I never played either one of those but I know they got oh dude fucking super okay. awesome accolades okay play play the play the first one first because the I I like the story too. The story's really really like it's it gets it's okay. If you're if you're feeling sad or whatever, don't play them. <laughs> really it dude, those games are super fucking bleak and depressing. Especially that we have like a global pandemic that's killing so many people like it might hit a little too close to home sometimes. But like I don't know. If you're looking for a super intense experience playing a video game, I would say I would say The Last of Us is a good is a good one to play. Uh, definitely start with part one first because stuff happens in part two. And I'll try not to spoil anything. But well, it's a continuation. It is, yeah, it's a continuation of the same story, the same characters, and like you will grow attached to those characters first. And so, if you go into the second one cold, not having played the first one, it won't mean shit to you. Because you won't have you won't have formed that attachment character after the first one. You're breaking up a little from your mic. Ooh, yeah. It's all good though. Probably not close. I'm probably not close enough to it. It's all good. It yeah. it was very sporadic when it was happening, so it's not that big a deal. It's pro- I probably just need it closer to me. Is that better? Yep, much better. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So during quarantine, that's that's kind of what you've been doing, and then you've been uh, focusing on like your health in general, right? Like, yeah. Um, I started focusing on my health before anything really happened with the quarantine and the virus, but that really kicked it into overdrive for me. So like, basically, I'd been working a desk job for well, two desk two desk jobs for like eight plus years, and I. I just fucking rage quit one day. Like, I I hated my boss. I hated doing the work we were doing, and I just couldn't take it anymore. So one day, I don't know, she was yelling at me in some meeting, and I just decided, like, 
we had recently been furloughed. So like she was expecting 40 hours a week out of us, even though she was paying us for 24 hours a week of work a week. And it was, I decided enough was enough. And I, uh, that day and, uh, I found myself a job walking dogs. And, um, that was a really cool, that was a really cool job to have. Um, so those dogs, dogs don't yell at you, man. Like when you're, when you're there to, to walk a dog and you bribe them with a treat, like they're just happy to see you <laughs> They're they're They know they're going outside for a walk. So they're, they're beyond thrilled to see you. And it's, it was such a nice, refreshing change of pace from like showing up to meetings and everyone's just like, Oh, sight three, four, five, two, no change sight three, four, five, three, no change. Like, Oh <laughs> God. So walking the dogs helped me get into better shape. Um, I lost one pant size doing that. I was walking like probably 10 plus miles a day doing that. That's legit. Doing that like, yeah, yeah, I was, I was doing that like 30 hours a week, like Monday through Friday. Um, so that was a cool gig. And then, you know, the lockdown happened. It's probably not such a good idea for me to go and be going to 10 different houses a day to like go inside people's houses, corral their dogs and all that stuff. So I decided not to go back to that when they were rehiring. Um, and, uh, got my exercise by riding, uh, riding my bike and, uh, lifting weights at home. Um, so I was riding like, you know, at, at the beginning I could only ride around the neighborhood probably like five, six miles at a time. And that built to 10 miles at a time, then 12 miles at a time. And then I was before I knew it, like just a few months in. And, uh, yeah, that helped me like, just like, I don't know, I guess, you know, with exercise, you get to kind of take all that anger or frustration or anxiety or whatever it is you're feeling and you get to have a physical outlet to just throw all that shit away. Just well, like energy is all those demons. Yeah. Energy isn't created nor destroyed, right? So taking all the energy that's created by stress and uh, like pent up aggression or, or just fear. Yeah. You expel it through physical exertion and that exertion yeah. Gets rid of a lot of that stuff, and if you work yourself hard enough, like you're too tired to be mad at anything. You're too yeah, you're too tired. Right. Having fucks to give <laughs> is actually something that can not just you, you can just not have any more fucks because you're yeah. so done physically. Like you like there's no more fucks, so you just yeah. stop caring about anything other than what's in front of you. And like it, it's. Yeah. From my experience in working out, I always felt like my mind was cleaner. My 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 thought process was less constricted. Like I could think clearer, I could do things clearer. Like making choices were more obvious, um, and, and also just dealing with the stresses of every day was just like easy. It, it almost like yeah. nothing really got to you anymore, right? It's like the stress that you felt from going to work if you were like working it out it just wouldn't stress you out that much anymore like yeah i, I mean know. it's not a cure-all no, i did no. i did still get stressed and i did still get pissed off like you just weren't working you know, out hard enough well 
when uh, when people try to run you off the road in their cars, that 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 really fucking pissed me off. Like I was <laughs> I was yeah. pretty livid about that shit. But uh, I was a pretty careful rider too. Like it's it's too cold right now to be riding my bike outside. I'm riding the indoor stationary bike now. But um, yeah, some people some people have it out for bicyclists, and which is crazy. there's no other there's no other reason other than they don't like that I'm street which is the proper you know, place to ride your bike it is legally it, it i'm not i'm literally not supposed to ride on this it mm. is against the law where i live to ride on the sidewalk it, it, the same within most communities yeah you have to and I, and I get as far to the side as i possibly can i yield to the cars at the stop sign but i don't know man some people some people i guess need to get some exercise themselves and uh <laughs> get that anger out a different way other than like through their driving like god damn there were some really pissed off drivers that just were not happy that i was enjoying my but other than that it was like a really nice relaxing experience. and it definitely helped me like exercise some demons cool so for any of you guys that are out there uh quarantining at home you know i think both of us eric and i both would definitely endorse the fact that physical exercise is going to be one way to keep your mind steady. Um, I would say that, you know, it's important to have a balance in life, even when that balance is sticking at home and doing nothing and kind of going stir crazy because you have no, like, we're not talking to anybody. Find somebody to talk to, call people, stop fucking texting, man. Texting is the most stupid fucking thing in the world. Sometimes it's okay to do, you know, if you just got to say one little thing. For sure. But if yeah. you want to have a conversation, you haven't talked to anybody in a while, fucking call somebody. Because I guarantee, it's like your teachers used to say in school, right? There are no dumb questions because if you raise your hand, people people might be like, well, what the fuck is he asking that for? But honestly, truly, there's somebody else in that classroom that's probably going to have the same fucking question as you. So you might think it's a dumb question, but it, it cures the answer goes for everybody in that room, right? So what I'm saying is if you don't call somebody and somebody else doesn't call you, like it doesn't help either one of you. So if you know other people that are quarantining, having a problem, having a hard time dealing with it, the no social interactions, or maybe somebody you just haven't talked to in a while, call them. There's no reason not to. Spend some time with them on the phone if you can't be there in person. And it's going to help you. It's going to help them. And then after that, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, do some jump roping, something, yeah. something that gives you a little physical exertion, sweat your balls off or your vagina off for a little bit. And, uh, I don't know, see how you feel. Take a shower, enjoy your day. You know, definitely, definitely take a shower after you do that. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all quarantining at home, so who's yeah. going to care? Well, anyone living in your home with you will probably care. I mean, it's just, it's a courtesy thing. <laughs> yes yeah yeah that's true your dogs and cats will appreciate you and if you don't have dogs yeah. or cats your gerbil will appreciate you well well i don't know my cat seems to like it when i don't shower like he he when i come home from exercising or well now i'm just working out at home like he'll he'll come and try to lick up the puddle of sweat underneath the stationary bike like i'm i'm like usually dripping just dripping sweat down onto the floor and he'll just come over I'll lap up a little bit of my sweat because it's so salty. You know, they like 
But um, Spock has always been a weird cat. I know, I know that. <laughs> but you know, he's my bud. He's a he's a Spock he's a is awesome. No, yeah. how is he doing? A, by the way, he's good. Um, yeah, he's uh, how old is he now? I think he's like almost eight years old now. Mm. Um, so he's like he's still playful, active. He's playful. He's active. He's he does his funny little things like he kind of like chirps at us when we ask him questions. He's he very much likes interact. Very social cat. He's very like into interacting with his humans. Um but yeah, he's doing really well. Um ugh. we uh we got him we didn't get it for him, but uh Eunice's boss got him a uh new bed and uh to your point, he's a weird cat. He's a, he's afraid of the bed. Like, <laughs> so I've been trying to like put dirty t-shirts in there, put treats in there for him to lure him in and show him like, it's okay, man. You can, you can sleep in here. It's comfortable. See? And slowly, but surely he's been like, going... okay, are you? he's been like, he's been adjusting to it. Um, so he's, he's going up to it now and like sniffing it and stuff, but he won't get in it. Gotcha. I gotta get. I gotta figure out where to put this mic. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's our first podcast, man. That's what yep. these are for. Yep. But, Trial and error. <clears throat> so this is the other thing that you can do in quarantine is uh, video call people. Yeah. yeah. Like it. This is more social interaction than I've had with any friend of mine for quite a while now, too. So. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of friendships deteriorate and uh like I don't know, the friends of mine that still go out to bars and shit like that, like I don't want to be going out now. Like there's can you can you hear me? I feel like I'm breaking up again. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, you know, and it seems like now that it's now that I'm not going out to the bars or going out with them anymore, like they don't have an interest in being my friend anymore. And it's unfortunate, but like sometimes that happens. That definitely it's not the first time in life that like I've had some friends, you know, pass me by or I've passed them by. But I don't know. It's a time it's a time where uh having friends is a good thing. So the ones that you can hang on yeah, video call, calling them. Um I've definitely enjoyed me and my family have been doing like game nights every few weeks, Jackbox TV on Discord. And we have fun. We have fun doing that. Uh, it's just a nice way to stay in touch, uh, you know. And we get to, you know, we can see Lisa and her husband too because uh, they're down in like Champaign Urbana, so we I wouldn't thought, be able to see them I otherwise. Forgot she was married. Holy shit! Yeah, dude, we're getting we're getting old, man. Like mm. we're getting really old. My, me and my sister are both married now. Like, well, it's I've, crazy. I've known you. 11 years now maybe 11 and a half something like that yeah 11 sounds right uh actually i think it's maybe 12 12 or 13 yeah it's crazy because it is 2021 now yeah and i would have met you 2008 Was it 2008 fall so of 2008 thir- going on 13 no, fall years. of 2009 
Maybe. Was it? I can't remember. Eight or nine. It was when Either I was way, ten. it was yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy it's been that long, dude. It's insane. Yeah. I have done it's so much time. since then. It's crazy. Yeah. God, I remember. Man. Yeah, we even stayed in touch when you were doing that tra- traveling sales gig and shit. Like, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a friendship that has uh, stood the test of time for us so far. It's pretty cool. Well, at my it's, point, it's, at, at the point in my life now, like, my friends are kind of the friends that I have. So, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't stand the test of time any further than uh, this, then I, I mean, I don't know what to say other than like, I don't know what would be prohibit the friendship from continuing. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Yeah. But either way, quarantining is uh, something that we're both dealing with, and some yeah. more than others. And I'm glad to see that you guys are figuring out how to to maintain yeah we're just doing the best we can you know it's uh we're getting by we're we're, we still have our home uh we still have you know we've got our cat we love our cat we still have you know eunice's awesome meals that she makes (laughs) we still have you know we still get to talk to my parents on zoom or um discord well whichever really They've been saying they want to switch to Zoom because they understand it better, but it doesn't really. The platform doesn't matter. Discord is very specific, but yeah, it's it's a it's definitely carved itself a little niche uh, uh, user base, and it's most it's mostly like people who are inclined to gaming, I think, and they are not. So it's it was overwhelming, like helping them set it up. It, oh my god, that first Discord call was a freaking nightmare. Zoom is really easy, and so is Google Meet. Yeah. Yeah, you can literally just have everybody's email address, and then you just create a meeting, and it's fucking easy as fuck. But, yeah, yeah. So there's there's easy ways to do it, and there's harder ways. But um, the one thing I, I wanted to ask you about too was, you know, mm. I know that for the last like fuck probably six months, uh, you have been re-educating yourself. Um, yeah. which this is a perfect opportunity to do that for anybody in the same circumstance, which there are probably millions of people in the same circumstance as you being yeah. so that you were either furloughed or just laid off with intent to rehire and it still hasn't happened yet. Or if you've just been laid off period and, and mm-hmm. you've exhausted the amount of like potential, um, unemployment, uh, that is designed to help you function as, yeah, a don't US even citizen. get me started on unemployment. Well, I don't, don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about unemployment. Yeah. But what I am saying is that it is we have reached kind of the pinnacle point of this where everything hopefully will be sliding back down slowly and surely to get back to people actually being able to go to work and function as a citizen of the United States. However, we don't know that how long it's going to take. We don't know if it's going to be true. Um, there are vaccines that are going out now. People are getting them successfully, the first round at least. Um, But the point here is to say that this is a perfect opportunity for somebody that might have been beaten down a little bit. There are a lot of places out there you can acquire free education to do something different when you went back. It is There are not many times in life as adults that you get to say, I'm in a perfect place to to do something or figure out what I want to do because I was not happy with where I was at, which – how many people can say that? Probably 80% Most. of the people. Any 80% of the people that are working 
in the workforce right now are probably unhappy with their with their jobs. Maybe maybe less, maybe less, but I'd be I'd have a hard time believing that. But this is the number out of my ass. I would guess eighty. That's that's yeah for sure. So again, this being what it is, stuck at home doing nothing. There are companies out there that are offering free courses in education. There are companies out there that are offering a a, a low cost education option. I mean, schools yeah. and universities are probably offering free classes and or like reduced classes because they're nobody's going to go to college. Nobody's going to go to school. They had to shut down a lot of times. They have these long ass breaks. Look at your community colleges for, for options and for other things. And there's a million places out there you can learn a million topics and, and something yeah. that make you competitive in the marketplace going back into the job fields opening back up. And also, there's nothing that says that you cannot get a job from home. That's the one thing yeah. that I think our our industry, or any industry, the industry of the United States workforce has discovered that 90% of the people can work from home. I, but I'd highly recommend, if I can plug something mm-hmm. that I think is a good resource for quality education at a reasonable price, I'd recommend uh, Udemy.com. It's spelled U-D-E-M-Y.com. And uh, they have sales frequently. Um, the, sa- the sales are significant, so I'd wait until they have a sale. Um, but I, I got myself, um, after I graduated from the program that I had been, uh, I, to continue my education, I enrolled in a boot camp of theirs. Uh, cost me $13.00. And it's I I want to say close to 200 hours of, and it gives you a certification at the end. I think its normal price is about 130 dollars. So um, if you wait for a sale, they usually go on sale for, and you can learn. I myself learned coding. I learned like JavaScript, HTML, React, CSS, Node.js, stuff like that. Uh, um, they have all kinds of courses like that in all different languages. If you want to learn C++, if you want to learn Python, if PHP, they've got all that. And you can you can pay something like ten to thirteen to fifteen dollars when they're on sale, and get like a quality education in, in those subjects. Mm. So that's Udemy.com is a, is a good resource for like someone on a shoestring budget who wants to learn like and there's more than just coding on there's all kinds of like business topics all kinds of stuff yeah so that, i mean that's if a you good source. you can learn how to edit videos like udemy is uh yeah. is a peer created uh course correct yeah it's like you can yeah, sign so up as an instructor and then create an entire lesson plan and then attach it you can. and then people buy into it so that's essentially right. what you're doing is you're selling a textbook but this textbook has video um, like video teaching classes and documents and all sorts of things that just going to school wouldn't have for you in the sense yeah. that you're actually being educated by somebody and then all this content is just yours now. And so it's you can, on your own time. That's mm-hmm. something that's really nice is like you don't have to show up at 8 a.m. for class. It's when you feel like taking the class, you can just watch the video. You can, do, you can just do the activity on your own time at your own pace. Mm-hmm. So that's another nice thing I like, I like about the online 
So just briefly, like um, the fact that you took this uh, this coding boot camp that you were doing for a while, um, how much do you think that took your your mind off of actually uh, like focusing on being quarantined and and just away from people? A ton. Uh, it was it was like so it was like four and a half hours a day of class. Um, yeah, it was instrumental in maintaining my sanity. <laughs> so um, having something to occupy my time, and it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be coding. It doesn't even have to be education. Want to learn about creative writing, or if you want to learn how to fix your own car. If you want to learn how to like install a new toilet in your home, like I'd recommend doing having a project with an end goal in mind and a set amount of time that you work on it every single day. Um, I found that like what I what I missed, I guess, having some sort of schedule. Um, and so being able to set my own schedule was and being able to do it on my own time was nice. Uh, but then, at the same time, I myself like adhering to some kind of some kind of regimen. So, um, for me, creative projects or learning new skills is like has been immensely helpful in in, in keeping my mind away from like so many so many negative things that I could otherwise be worrying about. And it's okay to think about that stuff, too. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be, you know, in, invested in what's going on in your world. You should be informed and, and all that, but it can't be something you obsess over because we, we, we can only do so much, you know. Um, you've got to have other out. You've got to have other things that occupy that are more, like, goal-driven and, like, enriching in your life something that like fills you and the fulfillment can't come from just sitting online and interacting with other online presences that yeah. I, I mean this is that's how sadly to say this but like this is how like fucking terrorist cells start you know like they yeah. you find one person or, or not even terrorist cells necessarily because they would never consider themselves terrorists but no, it, no it one be. thinks of themselves as a terrorist. No terrorist has ever thought of themselves right. as a terrorist. But that's that is how you know you find a like-minded group that is organized enough to figure out who is like-minded enough as themselves to create this group, and then this group gets radicalized, or or yeah. somebody decides to be radicalized against. Uh, an establishment and uh, then there's a there's a big issue and and a lot of that could have just been solved by education and like yeah, it's a slippery slope and it, and you, you have can, to choose you, where you get your education yeah. from too because it can't yeah. just be one-sided you have to be open Ooh, to yeah. all discussions otherwise that is again a very slippery slope to continue down a path of of obsession and and like believing that you are the only one that has the correct answer is a very radical idea. Yeah. And, and it's, it's dangerous to everybody around you. Um, yeah. yeah. So either way, education is probably the most important thing that you can do, uh, during quarantine, whether it's for your own sanity or for your return to the workforce or 
just to make sure that you understand what is going on around you so you have more control over your choices and be educated on the choices that you make while in quarantine or during this period in general. If you're going to work every day, um, it is it is your best interest, in your best interest, to understand what is going on in the world to the best of your ability and make choices accordingly. If you are home, education, fitness, it, it, something that exerts physical, uh, you know, or physicality um, is a really good way to burn off some steam, some stress, and uh, just feel better about yourself and the circumstances that you're in. And then, um, you know, after that, I mean, you were saying that you also meditate and it's been helping a lot as well. Just to clear your mind in general. Yeah. Right? And, and yeah, and this is, yeah, I know it sounds goofy to people who have never considered it or think of it as some hippie dippy bullshit, but there's something about like the goal. So the goal of meditation is to, um, clear your mind of all thought. The goal is to simply exist in the world around you without thought and not as a permanent state, but as like an exercise of decluttering your mind. And I found it, especially with like, you know, again, all the stress and crap, all everything like that's been going on in my life, everyone else's life. Um, I found it to be helpful just to take five minutes of any given day when I'm, I'm just feeling real stressed out. Just sit down, close your eyes. And it's, it's harder than it sounds to think of nothing. It might be challenging first. Um, that's where that's, you know, physical activity can come into play and make it easier for you to meditate. My best, my best meditations I've had after a long, I would like find a park along my route and find a park bench where there was no one and just like sit, close my eyes and like open my palms and just listen. Just like listen to the birds chirping, listen to the wind, the trees rustling through the wind, listen to like if there's a river or stream nearby, listen to that and just like, I guess just kind of accept that like the world is a big place and you're a very small part of it, but you don't really think that you don't think those words just, it's just a feeling that kind of comes to me when I do it is like, I, I realize that I have a small role to play in this world and like life goes on regardless of whatever's going on around. Like the birds are still chirping. Wind is still blowing. The river's still running. Mm -hmm. Like it, it kind of grounds you in the present and it's just a good way to, uh, just not think about scary shit. So I, I have found it to be extremely helpful. Cool. Well, as something that I'm gonna try doing more is, uh, I think you'll like escaping it. everything. Uh, yeah, it's a great escape. I mean, and I you, if you have a successful meditation, you'll you will come out of it feeling more calm. For sure. Cool. Well, um, I'm thinking that we're 
wrapping up. Okay. Um, and we'll kind of go from. Thanks there. for having me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's our podcast, right? I guess it can be. <laughs> we didn't really establish any, you know, how what we wanted to do with it or whatever. But yeah, I'd I'd be happy to do this again.